Welcome to a podcast by Deity Animal Rescue. I am your host, Lindsay, and this is Ellen. We are so excited to be here today, and I'm going to cheat and read because I'm actually quite nervous (laughs) and excited, so I don't want to forget to say anything about our lovely guest. So I need to set the scene in order to properly introduce today's guest. It's the 1980s. Lindsay isn't born yet. (laughs) My hair is big. My lip gloss was bubblegum kissing potion. And my eyeshadow was bright blue, wet and wild. My friends and I were obsessed with this now iconic movie called Valley Girl. They wore totally tubular outfits through bitchin' parties and had boyfriends named Tommy just like I did. (laughs) (laughs) From the beginning, one actor really resonated with me. I felt like we would be friends in real life. After starring in the movie that shaped my youth, our guest went on to do so much more. From being the voice of some of Hollywood's biggest characters to being the voice for animals in need around the world, This good human lives and breeds animal welfare. (laughs) If you would have told the teenage Ellen that her 80s girl crush (laughs) would many years later become a beloved foster for her rescue organization, as well as a dear friend, she never would have believed you. You guys, it's an honor and a pleasure (laughs) <laughs> to welcome E.G. Daly to a podcast. I don't know why that makes me want to cry. That is so sweet. It's, you put a lot of care into that. She it's, has that effect oh on people. I actually, if I'm being honest, last night while I was sitting at my desk, Nico had come home. He's laying in my bed and I'm like, you got to listen to this. Can I read this to you? And I kept like, he. I, I read it to him and he looked at me. He's like, mom, he's like, I love that. That's so sweet. I'm literally at the verge of crying right now. I try not to. That's so sweet. But <laughs> it makes me really happy. Like to think that, you know, I made this impact on you back then you and did. that, you know, life brings people around when you're supposed to meet. And then you and I meet because of this baby puppy with burned feet of the mom. And then we have this friendship now, which I'm super grateful for. Yeah. I mean, but it was true. I, you were always not just through Valley Girl, but all walks of your career before I actually knew you, I was like, that's somebody, she feels like a sister to me. Yeah, definitely feels that way. I remember the day Hannah's like, oh, we got this great foster application from this woman named, I don't know if you put Elizabeth or E.G. Yeah, I might put Elizabeth to be anonymous. Yeah. You know. Do you prefer to go by Elizabeth? No, no, I just, sometimes for like, reaching out to people online or something like that, I try to be anonymous because okay. I don't know like who I'm dealing with. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> Fair. It didn't get past me. <laughs> no, I, like, wait. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Can I see that? <laughs> I was like, if this is who I think it is and she just applied to become a foster mom, we are, I'm going over there for the home check. <laughs> I did a home, home check. Did a home I am doing check. the home check on I that one. my home. That's so cute. Yeah. That's great. It was yeah. amazing. That's yes. Uh, but you did. We had taken in this mom who was a baby herself. Yeah. And a couple day old baby. 
there was burned. trauma to yeah. the baby's Ooh. back end. Yeah. And you saw that post? Is that what happened? Yeah, I saw the post. And I was like, and I'm really picky about which dogs I can foster because I have to really, I have to do it 100% and I have to make sure that I'm going to be able to do it right. So I knew when there was a mom and a baby um, and this baby had the burns that I definitely, I definitely have that medical thing. And that's, those are the dogs that usually tea from uh, Toby Small dog, dog Rescue. They would always have me foster a dog that had been injured or in an accident or had a big surgery or, so I just have a thing for a medical thing. So I just knew that I was being called mm. to do that dog. Yes. And that baby. You had said that day, you're like, the, this is my sweet spot. Yeah. This is, yeah. this is the magic for me. Yeah. In my secret life, I'm a paramedic. <laughs> I had that feeling because I remember you sent a photo one day and you're like, her tail fell off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, I don't typically take those photos very well, but you were just like holding it. It's like, yeah. EG is different. Yeah. Your ability, your ability to be calm through that entire thing was like, it was kind of like the fly, you know, the uh, Jeff Goldblum and the fly. And then he would be in a scene and his ear would fall off. And then he'd be in, you know, it was kind of this weird thing, but like, I know like animals body, we're all bodies are amazing. So they, it's just like animals, just like their bodies, all, all pea creatures, but this little dog, like I could tell the tail one day, cause the whole back of the tail had been burned and it was going through like changes. It felt like an armadillo's tail and it was thick. And I was like, something's really strange here. I'm feeling hot. But I'm sorry. And then, you know, and then it saw, I saw like a really thin line around the little tail, around a, a, a chunk of the little tail. And I thought, huh, what is that? And then I just didn't know every day because we didn't know. And my my prayers for that little dog were that the feet were going to be intact. I didn't care about the tail because I could lose the tail, but I needed those feet. So, and then when every day I'd wake up in the morning and I'd look in with baby and mama and I'd see that something had transpired between the mom and the baby. And one day the little piece of the tail that was where the slice was had just fallen on right off. Like it knew what to do with yeah, its tail. It was shutting her path. Yeah, I was just letting go better. of the part that couldn't survive. And luckily I was worried about the feet. And then the, you know, I noticed the mama bear was biting off the, the little scabbing of these little feet, which I also was worried that maybe she was going to bite them off, period, because animals are know what to do. But I was worried. So I didn't know. And luckily... Uh, and I would just rub the feet with like ointment and massage and circulate. And no one told you to do that, by the way. You knew that to do that yeah. on your own. Well, you wanted to, I wanted to make sure that the feet sustained blood, good blood flow. Yep. And, and so, yeah, and it was just a miracle. So we only lost that a piece of the tail on that little baby and the feet got pinker and pinker and the baby survived. She sure did. Died. She's yeah. thriving. And honestly, yeah. we really did not think that that puppy was going to make it. Mm -hmm. It was days old. Yeah, it was very little. And yeah. your magic, I do fully believe your magic and the mommy's magic. And that puppy universe. God, and, the, and that survivor heart of that puppy. Yeah, I think it was the puppy and it was all of it. And the mom did her part yeah. by taking care of that baby. So it was beautiful. Everyone did their part. It was a beautiful yep. thing. I was really happy that whole happened because the whole thing happened because then we became friends and now we go to happening little bar action. <laughs> We're good. We do. We have a lot of fun together. Yeah. We do. I love that too. How did you find yourself in animal welfare? Like where in your life did you find a calling to this part of the universe? 
I think like I have so much love for animals, um, supersonic empath for one thing, especially for animals. But I think as a little girl, I was, we always had animals and I just like remember literally like if a dog was lost, it became my whole life, like to try to help find the dog. So I would like after school search and search. we had a dog once that got, that all of a sudden got lost or stolen. We didn't know what happened to it. It was a basset hound named Duke. And I remember every day after school, I would just like listen to my instincts about like, where, where is Duke? Where is Duke? Like as a little kid in elementary school. And I remember one day walking home from school and I heard a barking that sounded like Duke. And I was just like, and I just kept following it. And one day I went to this fence at this house and in the fence was Duke. So oh somebody my had, God. yeah, somebody had taken the dog and was going to just keep it as their pet. And I, I was like, Duke, oh my God. And it was such an innate, like instinctive thing about this. I think my passion to find them or sell, save them or help them or heal them was always such a big part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know. I, and I opened the gate and I grabbed my dog and we went home and <laughs> Yeah, like, like, this is my dog. Those people. I was like, yeah, I don't need to talk to them. They're, what am I going to, you know, I just took our dog home. But like, I just think I've, and I've always had this like uh, medical part of me, just where I just understand medical stuff, like some, for some reason. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was always that person people call and be like, oh, this thing happened. What should we do? And and I don't have medical training, but I just have medical in, yeah, intuition maybe. And so, I don't know. I just think as it started as a kid and, uh I always protected animals at any cost. I, I, from the minute I had a driver's license, if I saw a stray dog, I was constantly veering out of my way to go find, get the dog, corner the dog with my car, with strangers, please help, you know, corner this dog. And until I knew the dog was safe, I mean, that was just my thing. I just couldn't, I could not stop myself. And it's almost been a little bit of a problem for me because (laughs) it's it's also like, it, it deters me from my, from focusing on Always. other things, you know, yeah. as you guys know. So, yeah. but, um, you know, but I'm happy I have that and I yeah. want to do that because to me, they're the most incredible creatures on the planet. Like animals are pure and little God things and humans can be crazy and cuckoo and, you know, abuse themselves and others in weird ways that I think animals just, you know, I don't know. I just, yeah, I know really, that's so interesting. Like you were very sensitive to the intuition that you had to help you find Duke, to yeah. help you just know what is best for yeah. these animals. Yeah. And you just followed that. Yeah. And then when uh, Toby's small dog rescue, I had actually res- gotten dogs from her. So I knew her from that. And then one day she called and said, there's a little dog. Would you want to foster it? And I was just like, oh yeah. And you know, and there were so many after that, there were dogs that had, had like one dog that had a hernia like this big. It was dragging around like the size of a a cantaloupe. Oh. So it was a little dog like this big with a giant ball and it couldn't sit it right. It had, couldn't lie. It couldn't run. Yeah. And I was like, and that dog had a massive surgery because you know how complicated that yeah. is to put all the organs back in the body. We just and, had one of those too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll take that dog. And I have video of that dog sitting in my lap and I'm singing in my house, like rehearsing and that dog just sits on my lap and loves the singing and the dog did beautifully or you know there's so many dogs there's yeah. so many dogs that I was able to, I was gifted to get to take care of so it was yeah was the first dog that you were speaking of was that Ruby no Ruby Ruby was a beautiful healthy little dog I had had a dog named Sharky that was a little rescue like a chihuahua that 
had, I don't know what was wrong with him actually. He just eventually became like stiff as a board oh. and he lost his ability to walk. But I, he finally passed away and I had another dog that it was a rescue and I needed to get it. I would like to have two at least permanent. Mm -hmm. And so I had called T and said, I think it's time for me to get another dog. If you get a rescue that you think might be a good match for my dog that I still have. Cause she knew my dog. She groomed them as well. And I just, uh, it was weird with Ruby. It's very instinctive there too. Like with Ruby, T just said, um, she called, I, and I started looking online, like at different rescues, sorry, at different rescues. I started like really like researching different dog rescues and things and looking for this dog. And it, T was, T herself is a very intuitive human. And one day she called and said, I think I found a dog you might, that might work for you. Like she just, she didn't know. I told her maybe two months earlier and she said, I'll keep my eyes open. And then the day I was really sure I wanted to get this dog, I started looking online and the next day she called. So that's how very intuitive all of this is. It's very flowing, yeah. this whole thing with dogs. So she called and said, um, there's a little dog that was found in the, in the street and it's at the shelter. It's tiny. It's young. It looked like it had been bred. Yeah, probably less than a year. And I didn't even, she just sent me a picture of it. I saw the picture and I was like, Oh, I'm going to take that dog. Like I didn't even meet the dog. I didn't feel the dog. I just saw it in a picture and I went and picked her up and Ruby's an incredible dog. And she, really and she worked out beautifully. And then this new dog, same thing. This new dog was like, I wasn't fostering as much lately because I've been a little busy. No, I did foster your baby and one other dog. And then T just called and said, um, there was a dog that was thrown out of a car. A little dog. Somebody just opened the door, shoved it out, and the person behind saw this and were able to wrangle this dog. Thank goodness. Uh-huh. And, and uh, T sent me a picture, said, where this dog is like really freaked out a little and we need somebody to just a quick foster. And I was like, I, again, I looked at the photo of this dog and I looked at her eyes and I was like, oh, are you supposed to be my next dog? Oh. That's how crazy it was. It was, wasn't even like, it was like, I looked at her eyes and I was like, oh, and I got her and she was so, she was the only dog my dog likes. My dog, Ruby, yeah. you know, Ruby. Character. And they got along <laughs> fine and she was just easy. She's not confrontational. She's young. She's beautiful. And I kept her. Do you yeah. feel like having these two dogs who have had histories as rescues play any role in fostering? Like, do they help these dogs in any way? Do they show them the ropes? When I foster, when I foster dogs, um, it, yeah, I, I guess in a way it depends on the dog, really. It depends on the dog. Like some of the dogs are so deeply traumatized, Yes. but what they do learn from my dogs, which is the most beautiful part, as you know, of fostering to me is when you've got a dog that's been so damaged that can't even look at you. They literally put their face yeah. like that. And when they're like that, that's like to me the real most beautiful thing. Cause when you can go take it from doing that to where what my dogs show them is like when I come in the door and I usually have them a little separate at first, when I come in the door, my dogs will be happy and wagging their tail and this dog will just keep their face down. But they learn that they learn, oh, she's safe. She's oh, safe. she's safe. Oh, she's safe. And then the most incredible piece of the whole thing is when I come home that day and that little foster is wagging its tail. Oh, and it's that's, the unspoken stuff. Yeah, that's like, oh my God, that dog is, yeah. That's, so that's where my dogs teach them. But, you know, they're all a little different and sometimes my dogs like one of the dogs or don't, but 
whatever it is they learn we learn from each other yeah you're a chihuahua mama I like chihuahuas, but I've had like, I rescued a husky once from the shelter. You know, I had a husky for years, for eight, nine years that I kept. And and Rottweilers we've had in our family. So, but now these days it's it's smaller dogs just because they're easier for me. You know, sure. you take them with you. I like to be able to take them. Yeah. When I travel, I like to be able to take them with me. Um, yeah, the big dogs I can't, but I love big dogs too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, big dogs are cool. <laughs> they're big cuddle dogs. Oh God, I love them. Yeah. Speaking of big dogs. Yeah. You have recently done some construction on your property. I did. Can you tell us about that? Because it's very exciting. I, let's see. I just had this desire, because I know there's been so many dogs being put to sleep at the shelters. A lot of big dogs. And it's not like I can save them all. I wish I could. But at least I can be a voice and speak about them and try to get people, you know, it's the education foster shelter get a dog from a shelter don't get a new puppies or like yeah so I decided to have um sort of like a mini little sanctuary built on the my property so I had hired someone to com- build it has to be completely enclosed because there's a lot of coyotes where yeah. I live like in my driveway mm-hmm. at times there's you know so I had them build it secure with like concrete blocks that go down into the ground and poured concrete around the rim and you know it's all enclosed and um yeah I just had this little sanctuary mini mini temporary sanctuary in case like one of the rescues that I work with says there's a dog and it will be euthanized and it's the the dopest coolest family dog that the family owner died or something happened and they are just completely they've never been in a shelter they've lived in a nice home like i want to be able to save some of those dogs before they get euthanized and so i just had this thing built and we haven't started using it yet um still waiting for one of the dog houses but there is a dog house in there now and it's got it's got some sod and toys and Ugh. dog thing and it's just going to be safe oh you safe. let us know when it's ready we'll yeah. fill it right up i mean it's perfect <laughs> because yeah. often what we say is you know we just need a lifeline it's like a lifeline That's it, what it gives is. the rescues an opportunity to find a foster and yeah. get the dog safe so cool well i want to talk a little bit about your activism and how you felt like you could be involved in being a voice for these voiceless animals can you tell us about some of your most memorable ways of being involved there with uh activism okay well it started many 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 years ago with last chance for animals which is chris DeRose, and i actually met chris DeRose when i was 15 years old i was scooping ice cream in an ice cream parlor and and walked this beautiful handsome (laughs) awesome strong man and i was like dang i was there i got the job at clancy muldoon's to meet the cute boys and then in walks handsome man. so there were cute boys and cute men and and uh do you see now why i was yeah. like she could be yeah. my friend yeah. like what kind of ice cream do you want yeah and my knuckles are still fat from scooping ice cream at clancy muldoon's. they're strong they're, they're strong. strong um but yeah he walked in and for some reason he and i had this deep connection and it wasn't weird or creepy like some people like you were 15 I was like it wasn't like that it was like we just had this respect for each other as humans and I really saw him and I think he really saw me and then over the years we just stayed friends and then when I was you know probably old enough to go I went to the protests that were they were doing at UCLA where they were standing on the corners fighting for the animal testing animals and those were some of the animals they went in broke in took them out 
these terrible abuse from being animal tested to animals. So I started back years, decades ago. And then whenever they did events, I was there. I did my own events on my property. And then I started doing the protests for Last Chance for Animals for the free, uh, Faux Free Fridays, which are pretty intense and very loud. Yeah. They walk through the streets of Beverly Hills, big tribe with like showing what happens to these little animals that you're wearing fur from. Oh, um, the mink furs and all those little uh -huh. creatures, those beautiful creatures and how they live deplorable in deplorable conditions. So I did a lot of that. And then the soy dog, I do, you know, the soy dog marches and the Korean consulate where we hold, um, we did this one march where we held deceased dogs that were local oh, dogs gosh. that had passed but they allowed us to use them for the to draw attention to get as many eyes on what happens to dogs in in, in at the soy dog meat trades so we did those so it's just been it's endless it's kind of endless the amount of stuff that i'm i kind of look back and i'm like i can't believe i've done that much so yeah but i'm super grateful and it doesn't yeah. feel like i've done hardly anything but i have done a lot and i because i feel like there's so much work to be done so yeah I don't know. Yeah. Does Krista Rose want you to go uh, to Korea? To yeah. I mean, I think I haven't really talked to him about that. Um, Could you? Um, to be honest, I think I, I'm having to be a little careful with my ins. That's my what inside. I was going to ask because you said you're such an empathetic yeah, person. Yeah, I'm having to be, yeah. Like, I could never walk in and see them doing what they right. do to animals without becoming probably violent and I don't believe in yeah. violence but I wouldn't be able to stop myself if I saw somebody trying to yeah. harm an animal that was screaming I, I couldn't stop myself so I know that I have to be careful where I put myself right um, because I also you know I have to be careful yeah, yeah. you got to protect your yeah heart. I do I yeah. have to be careful so yeah but and I that, that brings up a good point because you and I have had many a conversation about this. Yeah. Being an empath, yeah. wanting to do it all, yeah. taking on these animals and, you know, their energy and their sadness and, you know, that responsibility. Um, I feel like you have come a long way. And that's just through knowing, you know, both sides of this. Like you do know when to pull back, when to put the oxygen mask on. Yeah, that's teach a us. really big part. Teach us your ways. This is what we we are learning. <laughs> We're working this. on. I mean, yes. that's a you know I keep having incidences happen where I have to learn to step back. First of all, there is a God I believe, and I believe that sometimes I'm not the person that might be the right person to help that dog, and that's the oh. biggest key to knowing when you have to try to pull back a little. Is like sometimes I'll take on something that's so off. That it's not really helping the dog it's not really helping the situation and i'm the wrong person so i think that's the key is knowing when um not to play god and just nobody's god and when to when to um realize like i might be the wrong person it's like helping somebody that's a friend it's like you might want to help someone that's a friend but then you right. might also realize i'm not the right person for that there's person. someone better suited there might be that. somebody that might really be able to be a better person for them so I think if we step in too much in the wrong places, you're you're doing a disservice because you're not allowing the flow of the right situation to come. So that's the one thing I try to do, and it happens like, and I it happens like I did try to help this. I think I shared with you. I don't know. I got next door. There's a lot of like urgent, urgent yes. dog. Dog's got this dog in Skid Row was attacked by a big dog and it's yeah. bleeding and wounded. And I mean that's like clickbait yeah. as we called it. I'm just like. <gasps> 
oh my god what's my time do i have time right you know like i literally i'm just like how can i help that dog and then this particular situation i was like okay well how can i be of service because i am free in the morning couple morning hours and then i take on this thing where i say okay i can help get it to a vet but i can't foster this dog first of all it's a big dog it's a street dog it's a it's a homeless encampment dog and i say can't take that on but i will help get it i will drive the dog to a shelter so then i commit to do that and then on a saturday morning on your a, own no, it was time, a sunday sunday morning when everything's closed when everything's closed yeah by myself my own time and but like, you okay, got in the car and you did right by this I, dog i drove to this woman who had it i grabbed the dog it was a beautiful sweet dog um like a, it looked like a big version of this yeah. probably an 18 pound version of this dog exactly and i grabbed it was a precious dog and I grabbed the dog, got to spend some beautiful time with this dog, give it a couple of snacks and give it some love. Drove to where the lady told me to take it, which was where I talked to you in Culver City or towards Venice. Yeah. And they said, oh, it opens at nine and it's a it's a walk-in place. So get there by early so you can be the first to walk in. So I get there at nine, but then I find out they're not open till 10 because it's Sunday. So then I sit in my car for an hour, again, just enjoying connection that I have to this beautiful little dog that I will cherish you know the spirit that I get to have hang with and then I get it in there and then I have to wait again and then they tell me oh yeah this is going to be a $2,500 it's not just clean the wound it's tip give it anesthesia anesthesia and clean it out deeply because it's a deep wound and it's 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 highly a dog bite it was bad and it was already like welt giant welt in the back and hardened was in so it was not good and i knew that was going to be the case but this one was like they'll just clean it and they're really good for with if you tell them you work with rescue so none of that happened and then i was just like okay this isn't this isn't flowing like it's not it wasn't flowing and then i called the woman and she said oh i was able to get my guy in hermosa i can take it now to this vet who will also neuter the dog, which was the thing you had said. Yeah. And will also take care of the wound for her rate, which is very low. And then I offered right. to, you know, I gave him a little, uh, I paid the $100 for this, whatever it is. Right. But right. that was a situation where if I wasn't so operating from like the clickbait button, I probably wouldn't have gone that day and done all those hours because I didn't really serve a purpose. Yes. Oh, that is such a great example of that and how your energy and resources could best be applied to the situation and what's the best for the dog. I think that's a lesson that we can really take in. I mean, you were definitely going to be there as backup because if the rescue that ended up taking the dog hadn't been able to do what they did like you, there was a you time ready thing to where, help the dog yeah. i was financially and yeah, yeah i was and um but yeah it is very it is a very delicate situation totally and it is a very uh the world is already in a lot of there's a lot of uh suffering in the world right now which i think is why i feel a general like delicate i feel a little delicate because the world is like humans you know my thing has always been for animals, but right now you can't help for right. feeling like innocent children and people yeah. all, all of every religion of all yeah. places. I don't want to see people suffering because yes. it's just not feels terrible. So, yeah. So especially now I'm having to be very delicate with myself and with what I can take in as far as Such that. Such a good lesson. Yeah. Yes, we will remember this conversation, won't we? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't want to say, what would EG say? What would EG say? That, that's I mean, you, have to, you have to think. But if there's no resources and you are the saving grace, then you want to jump in if you can. And 
you know, like that person hasn't had a lot of resources, but I was just, it was the, it's, you know what it is? It's the franticness. And I think that's the case in life. Like it's the franticness in life where you can make a good choice or, where you can take a pause. Like I love the saying, take a pause and you can really feel like what's the right next moment here. Or you can jump into the frantic moment and then your whole moment is like this. Yes. And I think that's the trick in life too, not just with like animals and animal rescue, but in life, am I saying yes to this, hanging out with this person because they're being so frazzled and frantic and I'm thinking I'm going to be, it's going to be a good situation. Or am I saying yes because, ah, this feels right. This feels right. Right. You know what I mean? Like they call it, another thing I learned is a great term is being on the spot. Like on the spot, meaning like that place where you feel right. You feel good. You, you, not every moment it can be like that, but yes. where you actually say yes to something and it's like, this feels like the right choice. Like this rescuing that baby and that mom was on the spot for yes. me. Yeah. And, um, and it had a few challenges because that dog, that mama dog could jump over everything I put her I into. She was a kangaroo. She keeps jumping. Yeah. She's, she's just, that's terrier. Yeah. So, you know, we figured out and I learned from that dog, like, it kept jumping out of this little area that I tried to keep her safe in. Um, what I learned from you guys was like, put her in the laundry room where she'll be safe. When I left the house was the critical moments. Like when I left the house, I couldn't let that mama dog jump out because God forbid she'd jump in and and the cage collapses on the baby. All right. of it was concerning, yeah. right? Yeah. So I was like, how can I make this a safe experience? So when one of you guys said, put her in the laundry room, Right? I don't remember who said that. Was it you? That's oh, yeah. she usually loves my She solution. loves the laundry room. <laughs> the laundry room is good. And I have a good one. But she said, put her in the laundry room. And that moment was a learning lesson for me that sometimes even with humans, I have to put them in the laundry room. Not literally, but figuratively. Oh, put them in the space. Figuratively, that. like, it's not about containing a human, but it's like, this has to have a pot. This has to have a safe space right now. Like, this isn't my... Ju- this isn't my task is another word I heard. Like, is this your task? This isn't my task right now. I can't manage this person, all this person's stuff. So like figuratively, like put a pause on it, put it in the laundry room with the dog, put it in the laundry room was literal, but it actually was very beautiful for that baby and mom because that, that mother dog was able to nurse the baby so well because she wasn't disrupted by all the stimulus. And the baby was happy because her mama was right there with yeah. her. There were so many reasons why the laundry room was the right thing. Just as in life with human beings, there is a reason sometimes why you need to not talk to that person that's frazzled because maybe they need to go to the right person to get the right help and I'm not in. So it's a really big, there's a lot of lessons I learned from dogs. I think, you know, the three of us sitting here, all of us being empaths, all of us work on um, our boundaries, which isn't always, those are, aren't, don't always come easy, easily for yeah, us. And yeah. you and we all, we all talk, yeah. both of you, like it translates also not only from animal welfare and doing what we can and knowing when we need to just take a step back, yeah, but also with humans too, and setting boundaries, you know, yeah. because humans too will take what they can from you and you get to a certain point in life and I'm definitely there where I could take a step back and say you know what yeah this relationship does not serve me anymore yeah and I've got my people and I'm good and I'm still learning the you know animal 
part of it. That's a, still a little bit more of a challenge, yeah. but it's a work in progress. Yeah. And yeah. And as you get older, you your tolerance gets less for like crazy craziness. Like, you know, as you get older, you definitely like, you know, you see things a lot clearer. Like, you know, when you're young, it's like, oh, this is fun, but it's also right. scary and painful. And then as you get older, you're like, oh, this is this isn't safe. Like the visual gets clearer as you get older because, you know, your tolerance is like you do. You've learned you've had right. enough of this. Yeah. To know like, oh, oh, that's not good. Yeah. That doesn't feel good. Dating, you know, this, that, all of it. You just start to get real, you start to get a really, it's really powerful as you get old. I mean, some people don't like getting older, but I love the wisdom that does come and the knowledge that comes from certainty, from experience. You can't have it without so many experiences to, you can't get that certainty, you know? And so, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible when you, when you really start to listen to your hell yes in your totally. body and your hell no in your body it gets very clear like oh this this isn't this isn't feeling good you know and life lately it's like i've been trying to feel where my hell yeses are again because i kind of hit new walls of like you know my whole life was like i want to get married and i have kids i want to raise a family and dogs and i have a house a beautiful house and this car and that marriage and i have i've had all that Right. And then all of a sudden your kids grow up and your kids move out and they're amazing. And you're, you're divorced and they're we're great. We're super great. And my animals are great. And then you're like, what is the next hell? Yes. Oh. And and it's it's a weird thing when you're not sure yet. It's like it's a weird thing when you're not sure. yet. Because for when I was young, when you're young, it's so clear. I'm going to get married or I'm going to go to school. I'm going to have this career. I'm going to find my soul, my husband or my wife or my partner, whatever. I'm going to have children. Like the pe the package is like so clear when you're young that nobody gives you the package when you're after you have all that. Like what is the next like thing that will really rock your world? And it is starting to get a little clear to me that it's deep connection mm -hmm. that I have had with animals. Mm hmm that now I have to find with humans and find the right humans to have that with because I don't feel deep connection with every, a lot of, some humans I don't connect with at all. Uh -huh. And so I'm, it's been really trying for me because I'm trying to find a new tribe of people that I really love. Like I, I put a post on my, my um, social media that was, I don't do it a lot, but once in a while I post something really vulnerable and I just said, you know, sometimes you're like doing, you're, you're going to parties and you're hanging with your friends and you're like, why, why aren't I having fun anymore? Like, why isn't this fun for me anymore? And then it's not that it's not fun for you anymore. It's that they're not your people. They're not your people anymore or they're mm -hmm. not your people. That it's time to find your people again and your people have changed, the tone of your people have changed. Like, I'm not a drinker, like big drinker, like you, I noticed. And, you know, I'm not a big drinker. I'm not a big drinker. I'm not a party. Like yeah. She means I'm not a big drinker. Yeah, you're not a big, you know, we don't we go feel up. like a one glass one. Yeah. Same, same as me. Like, I, fake it. I need to, do, I can have fun without it, but I'm starting to notice like some of my friends are still like partying and drinking and it's, it brings, and then by a certain time of the night, they start getting really loud and they start picking fights. And I'm just like, okay. Time to go. It's like right. time to go. Like it's all, it's like so typical, the behavior right. and the mood swing and the thing that it's like, oh, they're not my tribe anymore. And there is a loss with the, they're not my tribe anymore. You know what I mean? And which is really funny because animals are always my tribe. 
they're always my tribe. Yes. They never go, they never shift. Like, you know, they're just, they're, they're always like, I always resonate with the, the gentleness of, you know, the nature of animals. Cause they're not, they don't change. Like they don't do substances. Right. So they're right. not, they're not wacky. <laughs> that is true. They're not, you know, and humans go through difficulties and they have like emotional things that happen. So like, right. You know what I mean? And animals do too, to a degree, but it's different. So, yeah. you know, life has been more about like, where is my tribe now? Right. Yeah. So by protecting your peace, you're kind of conserving your resources so that you can give it to the area of life that's needed most. And when yeah. it's being drained by people or things that are not serving you anymore, it's taking away that energy from somewhere you could put it that's really effective. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I thought same. you were raising your hand. I was well, like, no, yeah, I'm calling like on you. Yeah. 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 And that's at the end of the night, even, yeah, I feel like, I mean, that's like, why we I feel like we have a great connection and we do. We go out, we have fun, we we bond, we share, we're kind of in the same yeah. place with yeah, each other. Yeah. And then when we say goodnight, I'm sad to be leaving you. I know I'm going to see you again soon. Yeah. And I go home and I love all my babies because yeah. the warm fuzzies continue. I mean, the, you're right. They're always they're always there for us. Yeah. And there is that deep connection. And the older we get, you definitely choose your tribe. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, my tribe is dogs. Your tribe is dogs. <laughs> yeah. What about me? Well, aren't you a dog kind of just in a human body? <laughs> I, I mean, know. dogs are I awesome. I do follow you around. But that's a thing. Like, we could be that <laughs> empathic with dogs and want to love on them. And then, but you do have to have human, you do have to have human people that you feel is connected to. And right. like, I remember as a kid, I had like a best friend growing up. And I remember when, when it was time to separate and she was going to a different junior high and I, than I was. And I remember like, I still, if I think about it, like, I have like sadness about the fact that there was that moment where we, I knew we were, our ships were going in different towards different seas, you know? Yeah. And she went on to live a very different life than I did too. But sometimes I miss like that best friend that I had when I was in elementary school. Cause I haven't, it's very different now. It's like, it's, it's a little different. So yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Hello for schlepping out here to hang out with us. You're welcome. A yeah. city girl in the valley. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Are you in the valley? This is the valley. Well, uh, isn't this the valley? No, this is like Topanga. Topanga. Oh, well, I grew up in the valley, so I feel like That's if the funny. street goes to the valley, it's kind of, I'm a valley girl. That's yeah. so funny. Topanga. I'm a Hollywood girl. I know you are. Yeah. Well, I love you guys, and thank you for having me. I'm glad we got to share, and, and things are life is amazing yeah. and the animal work that has been done is amazing and the awareness of how to treat animals and and all the different forms of animal abuse and animal um, exploitation is getting bigger and more visible yeah. as far as people learning so i'm just glad to be a part of this tribe thank yeah. you for helping us make progress and moving towards our mission i love it yeah and congratulations on your Celebrity Activist Yay, Award from so cool. Last Chance for Animals. Thank you. That's that so was a, cool. That was really cool. That was really cool. Yeah, I was, I was really happy You deserve there. it. Yes. Yay, you've done sure. a lot of work Thank in this you. World. It was beautiful. And, you know, there was a piece of me that was like, this isn't even about me. You know, there was a little piece of me like I got this award, which was an acknowledgement of what I do. But I was like, I'd have to do it no matter what. And this is about the animal. I wanted to give it to all the animal activists. Yeah, Honestly, I wanted to break my award into like many pieces and go, you deserve it, you deserve it, you deserve it. We all deserve it. 
That's the thing, though. Yeah. I mean, the animals don't have the voice and the people do. So they need us to be the conduit. And you are that conduit for them. You are. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. As always, you can follow us on Deity Animal Rescue on Instagram and see our website is deityanimalrescue.org. Yay. Yay. Thanks, guys.